0: So we're about to get into all the ways you can make and save more cash. And here's the first one. Visit YourMoneyYourWealth.com and hit the special offer button for a free gift from Joe and Big Al. Key financial data for 2018. This quick one-page guide has a ton of useful information that'll help you organize, plan, and save. Download it free by clicking special offer at YourMoneyYourWealth.com.
1: We've seen such an increase in the rise of even just like the the freelance economy, right? There's some estimates that say by 2020, by 2025, like that's going to be half of the workforce is this freelance economy. And so you think of people learning those skills to go out and get clients on their own, to bill work, to figure out what skills they have that are in demand. Like that's where it's really exciting. Those are kind of the the gateway drug to entrepreneurship is like, okay, what service can I sell? What skill do I have that somebody else is willing to pay for?
0: That's Nick Loper from SideHustleNation.com. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, he shares just a few of the 250 ways he's found that everyone from millennials to baby boomers can make more money and trim expenses in this new era of creative entrepreneurship and freelance work. From shuttling booze to making some bread, teaching people to make bread. Plus, Joe and Big Al do the math for a listener who wants to know if they need to curtail some of their spending as they plan for retirement. I've got a feeling plenty of us might want to take notes during that discussion. Now, here are a guy who has that booze delivery app front and center on his iPhone, and another that thought that the side hustle was a dance. Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA.
2: Uh, We've got a pretty interesting guest coming up here next segment, Nick Loper,
3: Side Hustle Nation. Yeah, Joe, and it, and it turns out that a lot of retirees are now wanting a, a side gig when they retire. In a couple of recent studies, like a Gallup poll, three in four Americans plan to work beyond traditional retirement age, which... Um, I'm not sure if that's 65 or 62. They just, that's all they said. Traditional retirement what, age. What percentage? Three out of four, 75%. So, yes, but you know who actually do? It's like 30%. It's not many. Right. At least that's been the history. And so this says three and in, three in four Americans plan to work beyond traditional retirement age on at least a part time basis. Okay, so that's one thing. Here's another separate AARP study found that 37% of working Americans ages 50 to 64 said they intend to work after retiring right so in other words this first group was everyone people that would continue to work versus part-time work and then they said now if you if once you retire are you going to retire or are you going to still work and and uh, 37% said yeah they want to they want to continue working at least on a part-time basis and about 44% of those are planning to go into completely new fields it's like all right i'm done being a Doctor, or I'm done sure. being an attorney, or whatever, whatever it is. I want to, I want to be a fundraiser for charities, or whatever it may be. Doesn't really matter. But uh, so, yeah, quite a few people are, and as a consequence, Joe, some of this is because they need to financially, because there's a lot of baby boomers that have not saved enough, and they want to keep up a certain lifestyle. A, an, an awful lot of people want to do this just for the, the intangible benefits of having something to do, having something to be passionate about that you're, you're contributing to, and I think that's all really important. Um, but uh, not everybody, as you just said, can get work or continue work when they want to, because we also know from other studies that about half of the people out there, they, they are forced to retire earlier than they want to. Right. Right. And that's because of health reasons or maybe they're caring for an ailing parent or an ailing spouse or or maybe the company just gets downsized and your company gets downsized. You lose a job. You're 64 years old. It might be more difficult to find a new job than if you were 30. Let's just say,
2: you, you know, and you got to be smart about this, too. I mean, I hear a lot of different comments uh, just recently was, you know, I want to retire. I'm really stressed. I don't like my job. Um, But they're not anywhere near close to the asset level for them to retire, given their spending. Yes, and so you know the comments was, well, you know, I love computers. I think I'm going to be a website designer. Right. I was like, okay, well, have you ever designed a website before? No,
3: nope. But I'm sure sure I'll be good at.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take. You know, I'm gonna take a couple classes. uh, What? (laughs) Right. It's like, okay, you're gonna start that type of business. And Nick Loper is going to join us in a minute here. But what he's done, um, it's called Side Hustle Nation. And so it's an interesting website. He has a podcast um, and a blog and for those of you that don't know what a side hustle is, it's just like a side job, side gig. You know that you it's can make a few hundred extra bucks. A, part time a work. Well, yeah. work. It
3: could be uh, steady part time work. It could be. Or of, what could turn actually into a very thriving business? Could, or the the word gig. Maybe not all of our listeners know a gig basically just means like a one shot deal, like a side gig. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna help out with this. It's a it's a two week project, and then I'm done. Right. That, that would be a gig or or a side hustle it could be a gig it could be a longer term thing but uh, here's another study Joe this is from Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies they found that 67% of US workers said that they would prefer a flexible transi- transition right. into retirement in other words they don't just want to go to this, the office they, don't, they they yeah they don't want to have this hard break or they're working they're butt off and then they're not doing anything they 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 want to they want to have They want to have side hustles. They want to have gigs. They want to have part-time work. They want to transition into retirement. And I think, too, they want to work, but they want to work on their terms. Right.
2: You know, it's not like, all right, well, here, I've been working for, you know, XYZ company as an employee for 30 years, um, you know, with deadlines and stress levels. I would still like to be productive and work, and, and I need the income, but I want to do something maybe a little bit different. So I found this website, Side Hustle Nation, very interesting because there's so many different things that you would never think of that people are doing for some cash.
3: I I agree. And and you can can actually download is 250 proven ways to make extra money in 2018. I went through the whole list, signed up for 11 things. Did you really? No, not really. (laughs) I did go through the whole list. Actually, what I did is I sent ideas to my kids. So they can make some more money. <laughs> yeah. Stop asking me. That's right. Here, why don't you do this? Become self-sufficient. Right. Actually, one out of two is. The other one is close. I had a buddy um,
2: that he he travels quite a bit, but when he comes into San Diego, um, there's an app called, I think, what is it called? Turo, where um, he hated renting it because he didn't have his car here. Right. Um, and then he would go to Enterprise or all of those car rentals, and he's like, just the tax alone. It's just r- yeah. ridiculous. And so, you know, hey, they're they're promoting X amount of dollars per day, but the taxes is just as much. Right. And so he's thinking he's paying X bill, but when he goes and pays, it's something it's completely like double, different. Right? right. Yeah. And so there's an app called Turo where it's you can rent your own car out. Right. So hey, I have an extra car. I'm I'm just gonna put it on the app, and if someone wants to rent it from me, go ahead. So right. you don't necessarily have to go through the big agencies or or the rental car places. Yes, you can just do it from um, I guess beat or peer to peer.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and there's also one called Get Around, which I think is the same kind of thing. But so you can you, you can be, actually be a person that has a car that you want to rent it out, or you can be a person that wants to rent it. Right, and and so. That, that's just one out of 250 things that you can do. And, and some of these, Joe, are related to professional activities. And, and certainly if you are a professional in a field, that's going to pertain to you. And if, if you're not, you go to the next one. But a lot of them are, could be anybody, like dog walker, dog walkers or, or babysitters. or I mean, there's some obvious ones, but then there's a lot of ones that are less obvious. Right.
2: And so uh, my, my thought was, all right, well, here, if I wanted to do something, you know, I want to retire. I still need an extra couple bucks a month. I want to stay busy. Yeah. I just go to the list. and You know,
3: there's a, probably 80% of them I would never do. But right? there
2: could be 20% said, you know what, that would be kind of fun.
3: Yeah. And then probably two or three, you go, I'll try this right now. And, uh, you know, they may or may not work, but you go to the next one, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. There right. Was, there was the... The... One, one guy sort of caught my eye. It was, it was interesting. It, he picks up litter. Really? Yeah. So he, he went to a property management firm you know, rental property, and and said, you know, you have big complexes. You need someone to pick up litter. They said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. And so now he picks up litter at apartment buildings. He scaled this. He now makes $600,000 gross a year picking up litter. And he goes, this is the easiest business you could possibly have. You need trash bags. (laughs) Yeah, and a stick. At a stick, right? right? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a little truck to put them in.
2: Oh, you know, but I guess... The the point, too, is that you want to make sure that you're on track for retirement and not use these side hustles as um, your retirement plan. True. Uh, But but I
3: will say this, Joe. And and so for folks that they've just looked at their budget, they've looked at their income, there's just nothing extra because of whatever. They got three kids and they're trying to make ends meet. If you have a little side job, why not save all of that money? Maybe that, I mean, that could be a potential way to save. Absolutely. Yeah, a couple
2: hundred bucks a week or something like that. Yeah, whatever it may be. And then you
3: just take that and um, save
0: compound interest. It's a wonderful thing. So when you're ready to retire to your litter removal empire, how will you manage the taxes on that side hustle income and make sure your money is going to sustain you? Find out. Visit the white paper section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and download our free retirement readiness guide. You'll learn strategies to control your taxes in retirement, create lifetime income, and protect yourself against market volatility, increased longevity, rising healthcare costs, and social security uncertainty in retirement. Download the complimentary retirement readiness this guide from the white paper section of the Learning Center at YourMoneyYourWealth.com.
2: Back in the home studio for this. Yeah,
3: we are. It's kind of exciting. We have this little hot box, huh? (laughs) I am sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm excited, though. I am, too. We we have
2: Nick Loper on. I've been trying to get this guy on. For, I don't know, several months, but we usually tape the show on Friday. Now we have this in-studio yeah. thing in our office, and so he, we, yeah, he's we able came,
3: to, to join us. Well, he's got so many side hustles going on, right. so We can't get him. Uh, he was voted best bo- um
2: business podcast, so how did we uh
3: We did not make the list. <laughs> we did not make the list. still working. <laughs> still, we work. just have to make the list. Yes, well,
2: now we have him on, so hopefully we can get up the list. Yeah,
1: okay, good. Uh, Nick, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Glad we were able to uh, to make it work. Yeah, the Side Hustle Show. Well,
2: tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what got you into side hustling.
1: Man, well, the Side Hustle Show is almost five years old, and that started as a side hustle to my uh, original business that I was running, which, of course, started as a side hustle to my corporate gig. Um, that was um, a footwear comparison shopping site, so it would aggregate the catalogs from zappos from amazon from all these other stores and earn a commission when somebody bought shoes through the site and so i was running that uh, for several years on the side decided to take that a, a full-time make that a full-time thing quickly quit the corporate job and do that and then while i was running that started the side hustle nation blog and podcast and it's been uh, it's been a ton of fun since then
2: you know when you think of Side hustle. When I think of side hustle, it's like, all right, well, it could be something that I make a couple of bucks, you know, extra a month. But in in some instances, it's you know, people are making a ton of money quitting their corporate jobs, and the side hustle turns into you know, you know, a major enterprise.
1: That's uh, that's the dream, right? Um, <laughs> actually, you know, it, it can go both ways, right? There's there's people who kind of follow the the site who are just like, look, if I can make an extra hundred bucks, extra couple hundred bucks a month to, you know, put into my vacation fund to help pay down debt, to help, you know, cover some unexpected expense, whatever it is, like, that's totally fine. And then there are other people who are sitting in the cubicle or listening to the show on their commute and they're like, I got to get out of this thing. Like, what is the escape path for me? And it's exciting to, try and and serve both those audiences.
3: So what do you think is the likelihood of someone actually doing that? So they try a side hustle or two and and actually make this work to where it's a a career for them.
1: Well, that's the exciting thing because we've seen such an increase in the rise of even just like the the freelance economy, right? There's some estimates that say by 2020, by 2025, like that's going to be half of the workforce is this freelance economy. And so you think of People learning those skills to go out and get clients on their own, to bill work, to figure out what skills they have that are in demand, like that's where it's really exciting. Those are kind of the, That's probably the, um, the gateway drug to entrepreneurship is like, okay, what service can I sell? What skill do I have that somebody else is willing to pay for?
2: Why do you think that trend is happening? I mean, that's crazy. Oh, half, right? If, if you go back 30 years ago, I mean, I think most people work corporate jobs and only a very small handful were freelancing or, or building businesses. Um, but now I think the trend is is totally going the other way. What, what, why do you think that trend is happening?
1: Well, probably a couple of factors. One on the on the supply side, right, is employers have found out they they one can get away with it, and hey, we don't have to pay benefits, and 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 workers are willing to accept that um, in exchange for some flexibility in either location or work hours or you know whatever it may be. Um, and as part of it, out of I guess necessity, is like, well, I don't necessarily need to hire somebody full-time if I can hire an on-demand specialist or like this hired gun to come in and do a very specific role for me and I don't have to have the overhead of having somebody in my office full-time.
3: Is uh, is this more for millennials, would you say, or is it for all age groups?
1: Like, I kind of expected it to be more on the millennial side and the demographic data definitely skews that way um, especially kind of in the in the wake of the Great Recession and you know the the lowest people on the totem pole were the first to get the uh, get the axe but uh, I've seen it really across all age groups and even from people kind of nearing retirement and looking for that next thing it's like I got to retire to something instead of away from something or just to you know fill in fill in that free time with something more productive.
2: You, you wrote um, 250 proven ways to make extra money. Um, so 250 side hustles. Uh,
1: do, do you have any favorites? So the the premise behind this post is to go where the money's already flowing. Go where the cash is already flowing. If um, you know if you're trying to start something from scratch, and probably the best example of that is Amazon.com. I was surprised to learn a couple years ago that. Half of Amazon, half of Amazon's inventory isn't owned by Amazon. It's like a giant uh, consignment store where they're uh, they've built, they built they've built this really world class logistics network and have essentially crowdsourced their inventory from individual sellers and small businesses like like you and I. Where okay, you can. Tap into our fulfillment network. We'll put your product up for sale on Amazon.com. And of course, we're going to charge you a fee when somebody buys that and we'll ship it out on your behalf. But like that for me, uh, as an Amazon seller, at least a couple years ago when I was playing around with this, like that allows me to tap into their huge, huge audience of buyers versus setting up my own you know, e-commerce store and trying to drive traffic that way. Um, and so that's one example. There are, I mean, hundreds of others and some really kind of off the wall ones there too. There's a marketplace for everything these days.
3: Yeah, I, I was I, I was just looking at it. I saw that there's like a dating one, like the women could put out how much they need to be paid to be taken out on a date.
1: Yeah, this was. I think it's what'syourprice.com. It sounds like borderline uh, escort service. It of does. course, that's what you found.
3: I, well, uh, that's that. That's that Well, uh, otherwise, you're you're walking dogs or you're doing web services, which I don't know how to do. Anyway, I think it's a cool list. I mean, it's it's almost anything you could possibly think of. There's there's a way to kind of do this on the side.
1: Yeah, I'll give you the example. Like, so I was looking for somebody to build a, uh, a chat bot for me. And I was like kind of struggling to do it myself. So I turned to, uh, this website, fiverr.com, which is like started out, you know, several years ago as like the $5 marketplace. What well, can you get done for five bucks? But you know, they've since graduated to, you know, higher value services cause it's in their best interest. They take a fee on, you know, or they take a percentage on whatever sells through the site. So I found this guy, um, for I think three or four hundred bucks built this chat bot. And the idea is like, oh, people could interact with this and, you know, ask them questions. And based on their answers, it'll like make recommendations and stuff, um, which would theoretically save me time, like answering emails and stuff. So it is Fiverr is another really fun site for kind of starting starting these side hustles because it gets a huge amount of traffic. You never know what people are looking for on there. And if you've got a service, it can be a cool uh, entry point to um, to start in a side hustle.
3: You know, I, I think some of these uh, sites you can you can make a few bucks, but what what are some of the ones where you can actually make a lot of money if in, at least based upon your experience. So Amazon
1: is huge. Fiverr, we've seen people do full-time businesses on Fiverr, uh, Udemy.com has been a really interesting uh, so it's u d e m y.com. It's a peer-to-peer like education marketplace where you can create courses on, you know, whatever topic you're an expertise in. Um, and we've seen people do, um, really well over there. The example that comes to mind is a, is a woman. She's like a mother of 10 and she's kind of like a grandma age. Um, but her, her daughter kind of challenged her, like nobody can make perfect sourdough bread. And she was like, well, it sounds like a challenge, right? So she ends up, um, you know, She's got one of the largest Facebook groups related to bread baking and specifically sourdough baking. When we spoke, she had like 30,000 people in this Facebook group. But she's making four or five grand a month selling courses on Udemy on how to bake bread. And she had like a dozen courses on different kinds of sourdough and pizza crusts and I don't know, it, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, man, are you worried about running out of You know content to teach like what happens when she's like honey i am just scratching the surface here i was like okay okay i Um, suppose there's
3: probably lots of ways to make bread i've never tried
0: you know i've been listening to these side hustle success stories retirement advice and tales from the financial independence retire early movement on this podcast for over a year now and i ended up turning my side hustle as the your money your wealth announcer into a full-time career i think i'm doing this wrong Anyway, you can catch up on previous interviews, read the transcripts, watch clips and full episodes of the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show, and take advantage of a huge learning center full of personal finance webinars, articles, white papers, and tons more at YourMoneyYourWealth.com. Clearly, I need to go back for a refresher course. I'll see you over there. It's YourMoneyYourWealth.com.
2: Welcome back to the program. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al, hanging out with Nick Loper. HustleNation.com trying to figure out a way to make a couple extra bucks, or learn um, some new cool things that you can go and have people do for you. I was just thinking all right, to, to our listeners is that, all right, well, I'm thinking of, of starting a side hustle. There's multiple things that I could potentially do, but what advice would you give someone if they're just starting out to say, okay, well, I don't know, I could rent my car out or I could be an Uber driver or I could do the Amazon thing. I mean, where, what are some resources? I mean, going to your website, started reading your blogs to figure out what would be the best,
1: I guess, side hustle for me. Um, I'm working on kind of a uh, a decision engine or a tool to help you kind of pick that. But kind of along those lines, I think, you know, tier one would be that kind of sharing economy platform, the Uber drivers of the world, the Airbnb hosts of the world, the like Rover.com uh, dog walkers of the world, or pet sitters of the world, um, where it's like, okay, these companies have built the marketplaces usually on the back of lots of venture capital, and so they've kind of been able to play up the the demand side of the marketplace, and you can put your you know put yourself up for sale on those. Um, the next tier would be kind of the freelancing stuff that uh, that we've mentioned, either Fiverr or Upwork, or even just direct outreach to to companies that you know you can serve. The third tier might be kind of like a a buy low, sell high model, you know, flipping products, Amazon, eBay, Craigslist, that kind of, I met a guy who made a full-time living, like just buying and selling stuff on Craigslist, specializing in appliances. I was like, man, could you imagine something more unwieldy to try and like move around and he had a garage full of old <laughs> washers and dryers and stuff. So those would kind of be the, 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 maybe the three gateways to getting started with side hustles. And then where I see other people um, you know, really diving into it full time is kind of in this authority business model where, you know, you're either going down like the, the route of doing some high end coaching, consulting, or you're teaching in a in either like a one on one or like a group coaching model or a group, uh, you know, online course model. The example that comes to mind is uh, Jacques Hopkins. He is a former engineer down in Louisiana who runs a site called PianoIn21Days.com where he teaches you how to play piano in 21 days. And it's incredible. Like when we spoke, he had sold like $20,000 worth of his course on how to play piano. And it was just you know mind-blowing that that was something that you could do. and you know. It was How really do you exciting. find these services,
2: though? I mean, there's so many <laughs> cool things. I'm reading this. It's like, well, I can get alcohol delivery
3: right here in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I was trying not I mean, to show you that one, too. I can
2: get, right? Um, some people can... Alfred, he can run errands for me, right? Uh, you know, um, Turo, uh, I, I heard of that. That's the only thing that I actually heard of because a buddy of mine, he comes into town every now and again, and he just rents a car from uh, someone else that's, you know, he's not going to a, a car dealership. So, I mean, as a consumer... I don't know if I'm really ready to do a, a side hustle. I don't have a lot of time to do that. But let's just say I want to consume
1: some of this stuff. Where do you go? Well, the uh, the list of apps or list of marketplaces on Side Hustle Nation might be a, a good place to start because I have discovered – You know, and then people submit more in the comments. Oh, have you heard of this one? So that's like a, a good place to start. I, I tend to discover them like when we're traveling like for you know local tours or local experiences like Viable.com – and I met a gal in San Francisco who hosted um, like urban walking tours, urban hiking tours. And she's like, hey, I love to hike. And I love this kind of city that's become my adopted hometown. And so she started, started charging 50 bucks a pop. I'll take you around these neighborhoods that I like. And that's kind of how I end up discovering these things or, or word of mouth as friends start to like the Turo example, the, like the peer to peer car rental example. Haven't tried that one personally, but you know, there's a, there's a ton of them out there and I think you'll start to see the kind of these specialized marketplaces um, kind of ebb and flow as they either generate a critical mass or, or die off.
3: So let's, let's talk about my generation, the baby boomers. So what are maybe some of the best side hustles for baby boomers to maybe make a little extra money in retirement? Walk a dog. Yeah, walk a dog, <laughs> deliver liquor, bring me booze. I can make a lot of money doing that.
1: <laughs> well, if you're in the uh, in the empty nest phase, you might find your your house with some extra space. So there's the Airbnb angle, or there's the um, VRBO angle, and there's other ones that like you know cater specifically toward like exchange students or something like that, summer interns, something like that. So you know, if the kids are out of the house, that might be. An option as well. And then there's some where it's like, well, I don't want somebody living with me, but I've got this extra space. And so there's other companies that like, we'll do, uh, storage for you. Um, Forget the name. I forget the name of them. But it's like, okay, you know, rent, basically rent attic space as a way to disrupt the, you know, the self-storage industry. So those ones are a couple that come to mind. Like my Uber driver um, on a recent trip to San Diego was kind of a retiree or recent retiree. And her daughter was going to college. And she's like, no, 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 I want you to focus on your studies. I was like, you're the nicest mom in the world. Like she's driving Lyft or driving Uber to like help uh, help put her daughter through college. Man, you're you're a nice mom. Yeah. SideHustleNation.com
2: is the website. Um, it's a great website. There's so many cool things there. Um, so if you're looking at consuming some of this stuff, if you're going on vacation, if you're retiring, and you, you know, hey, there, there could be a lot of really inexpensive things that people can potentially do. Um, or if you need to make a couple of extra bucks just to spread the dollar out a little bit more in retirement, um, you got to check out Nick's website, SideHustleNation.com.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And I went to your 250 uh, proven ways to make extra money in 2018. And the nice thing about it is almost everyone has a link to a website. I went on a bunch, you know, so I can make some extra money right, right. in all my spare time. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and what I noticed was that a, a, a lot of these were actually for the consumer. I mean, there's places where you sign up, but they're designed for the consumer. So it's, it's, someone at some point is going to have to design a website so that we can, the consumer can find all these things.
2: But I, I think, too, it also gives people some ideas. You know, it's like, well, they're, they're doing that, and then, hey, I'm really good at this. Yeah, yeah, like and this is my passion and right. now I'm retired. I have a little bit of time. Yeah. And might as well, you know, like with these tours or hiking tours or things like that, if I go to national parks all the time, hey, maybe I, I can do something there and say, Hey, you know, stay at this whatever.
3: Right. Um any final thoughts on uh, on that would help our listeners to try to get into side hustling and make some extra money.
1: Well, there's definitely no shortage of different ideas, different routes that you can take. So the really the big takeaway that's worked for me and for a lot of the guests is to kind of enter it with an experimenter's mindset and say, okay, I'm going to try something out, knowing that it might fail and think like a scientist. Right. And it's like that experiment never really never really fails. It either just proves or disproves my hypothesis. I can learn from it. And that just, that just to me, lessens the sting of the inevitable failures that that come along the way. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys and your business, but like I've tried a bunch of stuff. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. But it's a, kind of like the the process of dusting off and, and keeping going.
2: It's Nick Loper, folks. Um, you got to check his website, SideHustleNation.com. Hey, Nick, I really appreciate you taking some time with us. Um, great stuff, as always. You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Southern California. Let's face it. Uncertainty about the future is a strong reason to start a side hustle. Creating additional income is one of many financial strategies for turbulent times. Learn more of them at a one hour lunch and learn in San Diego or at our two day retirement courses throughout Southern California, because planning for your retirement today can help you secure a better future for tomorrow. For dates, times and locations for our live events in San Diego, Orange County or Los Angeles, visit the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888- 888-994-6257. Nine nine four six two five seven. 994 6257
2: That's 888-994-6257. Got an interesting email, Alan, where it's almost like a case study. Really? And the subject is, are we on track? Are we overspending? Okay. And um, it was like, hello there. I'd like your opinion to see if we are on track or if you think we're overspending or not. So... Our household gross income is five hundred thousand dollars.
3: That's good. That's a big number.
2: Yep. Net income after tax is about four hundred thousand. This includes net income from ten rental properties. Really? Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, our necessary expenses are sixty K. Okay. And our discretionary expenses are 190K. $190. $190. $190 plus so sixty.
3: Two fifty total.
2: Um, that includes travel, shopping, kids, private schools, and other activities. Okay. They save about $150,000 per year, and our current savings are as follows. $2.1 million in retirement accounts. Okay. $200,000 in college funds. $200,000 in cash. They got $1.5 million in equity in rental properties. Okay. Asset value of about $2.2 2 million, mortgage of $700,000. Got it. And uh, they have uh, a primary residence, around $600,000, and there's no mortgage on it. Okay. So far, so good. I like all these numbers. So my question is, is our spending on the line when you take a look at our income and savings we have to date? Are we overspending on shopping and kids? We are committed to paying for a private college education, which will likely cost about 600000 for both kids. Mm-hmm. Do you think we can afford that? Shall we cut our discretionary spending and save more?" So the ages are 48 and 53, okay,
3: and the kids are 17 and 13. 17 and 13, okay. Well there's a lot there. So they're saving about 150000 I don't see much money outside of retirement, so I guess maybe that means a good chunk of that's going into retirement accounts. Yeah, two hundred thousand dollars in cash, two hundred thousand in college funds. Yeah, so so usually, and and I, I guess there's different ways to think about this, but a lot of times when people tell us what they make, they've already net out their four hundred one k's, and so we're sort of going with those figures. And then if they tell us, yeah, I've, I've got one hundred fifty thousand extra, and then we look at their their accounts outside of retirement. And in this case, it's four hundred thousand. It's like, are you really sure? That's that's. You're, the is, is it right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just a reality check. If if you really have one hundred fifty thousand extra, and I'm making an assumption right now that that the 401ks are already deducted from there, which may not be true, but if if you really have one hundred fifty thousand extra and, and you've had that for ten years, wouldn't you have a million and a half?
2: Right. right. So forty eight fifty three. So still young.
3: Yeah. All right. But yeah, I I agree with you a little bit. I
2: think they're spending a little bit more than what they're staying here. But let's just say that they're putting in. Uh, husband's fifty three, so let's call that twenty four five, and she's forty eight, so that's eighteen mm-hmm. five. Right, so this, what is that about forty some odd thousand dollars, forty eight thousand ish yeah. and some change? Sure. Okay, call it fifty. Yeah, call it fifty. Right? Run into retirement. Sure. So then they have an extra hundred thousand dollars. Right. How long have they
3: been making this type of income? Yeah. All right. First of all, now they could have been buying rentals with it, so we don't know. Sure. And paying down debt on rentals that right. could be some because of it. they have about
2: let's see. Um, 1.5 million dollars in equity
3: yeah
2: um, in rentals yeah but we don't know what the cost basis is of those particular rentals No. so how long have they held the rentals did they buy them for a couple hundred thousand dollars each and then they grew over the last 10 15 20 years to x right uh, but it might be that uh, they're paying down mortgages they uh-huh. don't have a mortgage on a six hundred thousand dollar home right so um,
3: the numbers could jive we need a lot more information here. We, we do, and, and I guess, uh, so here, here's a quick calculation. But
2: yeah, let's just do this. Let's just look at, um, first of all, what they need to have in retirement. Mm-hmm. So if they're looking at spending $250,000 in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. So do you got your calculator or you got your phone?
3: I got my phone with an HP app. HP 12C app. There yes, you go. All
2: right, so let's say 53, let's call it, um, I don't know, 15 years from now they want to
3: retire. Okay, I'll, I'll put in fifteen. We'll, so two hundred
2: fifty thousand dollars, we'll in... fifteen years. Call it three percent inflation.
3: Okay, two fifty. We'll call it three percent, and that would be that says three eighty nine. That's about right. Three uh-huh. percent. Yeah, two fifty. Yeah. So, okay, we'll just round it to 400. So, so
2: 400,000, call it at their age, they're probably fully uh, maxed out on Social Security. So, that's going to be another, call it $50,000. Yeah, at least 50, but we'll go
3: with 50. So, they need 350. Right? So, they
2: need 350. Take 4% yep. of
3: 350. For our listeners, I'm going to multiply it by 25. It's an easier way to say it. It's okay. It's the same result. So, they would need 8.7 million. 8.7 million to yeah. continue their spending. Now, it doesn't include. Joe, the rental income. So let's let's say, for example, the rental income is a hundred thousand. Okay. Just to make up a number. Yep. So now they really need two fifty. So right. now you take two fifty times twenty five, and now you got about six point two million would right. be the need. <sighs>
2: So if we pause there, what we're doing is some just simple back-of-the-envelope financial planning, is that if they want to continue with their spending habits all the way through retirement, they might tone it down, who knows, but we're just assuming that they want to continue that type of lifestyle. So you take that lifestyle and you use an inflation factor. We're using 3%. You could be a little bit more conservative and use three and a half, three point seven percent 3.7%. Sure. Or you can say, hey, you know what? Inflation over the last 10 years is closer to 2%, yeah, so you well, can use, use that number. Right? Sure. We like to use a lot higher inflation factor yeah, just to be, to be on the safe side. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And so we inflated that spending out, and so that equaled around $400,000 in 15 years right. on their retirement date. So- Then you look at, all right, well, they need $400,000 in inflated money to continue that lifestyle. So it's like, all right, but hey, they'll have Social Security. And Mm -hmm. if they're making X amount of dollars, 500 grand, they probably maxed out their Social Security. But there's a lot more to this because he's only 53, she's 48. If I go out 15 years, who knows when they're actually going to claim their Social Security benefits? Do they claim it at full retirement age? Do they claim it at 62? Do they claim it at 70? So there's a full discussion on depending on what they want to do, where should that money be held?
3: right exactly or
2: when, when when should they start taking those distributions but do this calculation for me al so we subtract that out but they got a bunch of rentals so mm-hmm. alan's assuming a hundred thousand
3: dollars of income from the rentals yeah just to make up a number and and i think where i know where you're going joe i, I took their 2.1 million that they have right now in the 401k i'm adding fifty thousand a year at six percent yep in 15 years from now it's 6.2 million which is the number i just calculated right so 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 they're pretty close. So if we go I mean, there's a lot we don't know, but this based upon what we do know, it seems like they're pretty close. So if if we recap
2: that again, it's like all right, so you gotta inflate out your expenses to your full retirement age. Use whatever inflation factor that you want, we use three percent. So that two hundred and fifty thousand 000- dollar Dollars that they're spending today in fifteen years, it's roughly four hundred thousand. Sure. Then you have to subtract out your fixed income sources. So we um, guesstimated Social Security for the both of them about fifty thousand dollars, and then they have rental income, so that's another fixed income component of this equation of another hundred. So one hundred fifty thousand would be their total fixed income. You take the one hundred fifty thousand of fixed income that they can count on, and subtract it by what their living expense need or wants is. Right. So 150 minus the 400,000. And then you take that number, and then Alan multiplied it by 25. The reason why he did that is that we're using a 4% distribution rate. You don't necessarily want to pull out any more than 4% out of your overall portfolio. So you divide your shortfall by 4%. Or an easier way to do it is you you multiply your shortfall by twenty five.
3: Yeah, you get the same answer.
2: You get the same number. Right. And so that shortfall number was six point two million dollars. Right. So that's the nest egg that they would need to accumulate in their overall retirement. Six point two million. However, so then you so that's the that's the goal, right? I need to get this dollar figure. So let's just take a look at what they have. They have $2.1 million in retirement accounts. If they continue to fully fund those retirement accounts, so we look at that over 15 years, $2.1 million, right? Now we're taking a future value calculation, and you put in your $50,000, let's say, of savings into your retirement accounts, okay? Well, now, 15 years later, if they average 6%, they have yeah, $6.2, 6.2 million. 2 million. So that looks pretty good. Now, the caveat is, is that they've got kids that they want to put through school. So then they're looking at, hey, we need $600,000 to fully fund their overall retirement, I mean, to fund their college education. Sure. They have $200,000 currently in college funds. So if they continue to put the $50,000 in retirement accounts, and then the other $100,000, because they said they're saving one fifty, They did. If they save that other $100,000 over the next few years...
3: That's going to probably cash flow out their college expenses. Yeah, because the kids are 17 and 13, so I would agree with you. That would probably cover that. Right. So the
2: one of the kids is going into school maybe next year.
3: But there's a couple hundred thousand There's already, already
2: a couple hundred thousand yeah. that they can take from that college fund. Right. And then they could cash flow the rest or continue to save into that college fund to pay for the other kids. Sure. So yeah, I think um, if looking at the numbers from a high level, I don't think they're overspending
3: at all i think they're right on track i I don't either joe and and i think and 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 i like the way they did this very few people I have enough discipline to say, all right, what are my absolute expenses that I have to pay to keep the lights on and to to pay the rent or pay the mortgage or whatever it may be? And then everything else above that, I mean, you'd have to have an allowance for food and a few things like that, but everything else above that is extra. So in this case, they said 60 grand. So I don't know if that's the right number, but it's a great exercise because what they're basically implying to me is, you know what, we could, we could, we we could taper off this 190 a little bit if we have to and that's kind of what they're asking right, right. now uh, and because it's not essential they're, they're living a great lifestyle if they're spending 250000 a year. But they're also saying, you know what, maybe if we need to cut back, we will. That's what I get from this. And because they looked at their expenses that way, it's, it's pretty helpful. And I think if you guys go through this exercise, if you can look at what's essential versus what's extra then, and, and then understand what if you need to cut some back, you have the expenses that you can cut back.
2: So now another layer of planning of what they should look at is to say well with these retirement accounts 2.1 million dollars in retirement accounts if they continue to fund pre-tax retirement accounts right they'll they'll have 6.2 million dollars but guess what it's all in a retirement account that when they take those distributions to cover that shortfall it's all going to be 100% taxable right so then, if I'm looking at creating a two hundred fifty thousand dollars lifestyle in retirement, well, I'm and all of my dollars are going to come from you know real estate, social security, and my retirement accounts. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be in a very high tax bracket in retirement as well. Sure. So then you want to look at over the next, let's say, 15 years, I'm just assuming that that's the retirement date. It could be a lot earlier than that or later, sure. is now looking at tax diversification. Is to say, hey, should I have everything in a retirement account or should I start building up a non-qualified brokerage account where I would be taxed at capital gains rate? Should I build a Roth IRA account by doing some conversions or doing something unique there to start building up a tax-free pool? So when they do hit that retirement date, that they have access to different areas where they can pull from to control their taxes. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks for listening. For Big Al and I'm Joe Anderson. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll see you next time.
0: Recapping today's show, it's always good to check in with professionals to see if you're on a good financial track and all you need to create a side hustle empire is a trusty vehicle, a trash bag, and a really good stick. No, seriously, all it takes is a good idea and the willingness to try. Special thanks to our guest, the chief side hustler, Nick Loper. Find yourself a great side hustle on Nick's website SideHustleNation.com Subscribe to the podcast at YourMoneyYourWealth.com Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcatcher And hey, have you seen those ratings and reviews on iTunes? Thank you very much If you've got a burning money question for Joe and Big Al to answer live on Your Money, Your Wealth email info at PureFinancial.com or call 888-994-6257 Listen next time for more Your Money, Your Wealth presented by Pure Financial Advisors Get a free financial assessment visit PureFinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.